views and opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. Conversation Reparations, Conversation Reparations, welcome to our first show in the Gregorian calendar new year. Uh, today is January 2020, and uh, we are really, again, excited about the guests that we have lined up for today and the conversation that we're going to have. Uh, again, my name is Brother Jumoke Ife Tayo. I'm the host, co-host of this show, Conversation Reparations, brought to you by Cobra the National Coalition of Blacks for Reparations in America on the first and third Monday of each month on blacktalkradionetwork.com. Thank Scotty Reed for being an engineer on these shows and helping us to make these shows run smoothly. And so, you know, oftentimes in the reparations movement, there's been some debate around uh, Pan-African reparations and to what degree different organizations or formations or people fighting for reparations support other reparations movements. And COBRA has made it clear that we stand in solidarity with people with reparations movements in the Caribbean, in Europe, in Africa, in the Central America, South America, and the Caribbean. And so today we're going to begin to delve into that to a certain degree. We're gonna, there was a very powerful conference that was held um, in the month of December in Bonaire. It was called the Fourth International Reparations and Self-Determination Conference. And so we're going to discuss that conference and the, the importance of uh, networking and showing solidarity with reparations movements going on throughout the diaspora. Uh, you know, a lot of times when people that you know send you a bio, you kind of want to introduce them the way you know them. But then other other times people say, well, I've given you, I took time to give you my bio, so I want you to at least give me the props that are on my bio. So we will do that, and then I will say a few more words about what I know about uh, Dr. Chinzira Kahina, also known affectionately as Dr. Chin. So Dr. Chinzira Davis Kahina is a mother, grandmother, educator, media technologist, and host, a published author, a cultural heritage artist, creative, a nature a naturopathic therapist, an ordained minister, a sustainable community developer, and visionary. Dr. Davis or Dr. Chin is most known as, is a co-founding director of Per Ankh, which is a house of life for culture, healing arts, technology, and spirituality for life, inspiration, freedom, and education. 
a which is a non-governmental, not-for-profit organization with UNESCO special consultative status. Dr. Chen teaches, researches, curates, archives, consults, and publishes cultural heritage education resources at, as the director of the Virgin Islands Caribbean Cultural Center in St. Croix, Virgin Islands, and teaching and is a teaching faculty in communications and media and Caribbean cultural studies at the University of the Virgin Islands in St. Croix. So is our guest on the line? Oh, yes. Let me unmute Dr. Chen. Thanks for the opportunity to share with the family. Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you now. Okay, I wanted beautiful. to give a little bit more of my personal introduction, though. <laughs> now that we read your your official introduction, the real one. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, to me, you hold a special place in my heart because one of the things I saw on your bio that I like, which is visionary, which I include that in my bio as well. But one of the things, all and one of the things also, I think that's important is how we. Um, integrate spirituality and uh, culture and tradition into the movement work that we do. And I know that that is something that's very important for you. And you live it, not just do you talk about it, but it, it, de it demonstrates itself in your family and the way that your family shows up in the community. And so you're somebody to me who not just talks the talk, but walks the walk in your um, movement work, in your work for healing and transformation of our people, of our culture. And uh, I appreciate that. And, and I just was thinking also, you know, you also have a radio show. And I was blessed, my father and I were blessed to visit your community center in St. Croix and actually be interviewed on your radio show. So now things, I guess, come full circle. And we have the of opportunity course. to interview you. All Good right. thanks. Good thanks. No, it's, a, it's an honor to be able to share and have these types of conversations because a lot of the work that we've been involved in um, is not limited to just the 48 states in America or the Western Hemisphere of the Americas. It's global. You know, this whole conversation about reparations, and I really love the name of this broadcast, Conversations, Reparations, because they are conversations. And they're conversations that force action and force transformation and force spiritual ascension so that we can really get to the next level of what reparatory justice, reparations, self-determination, and all those things that come with that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to us being able to share some reason and also to highlight some of the work that's being done by a number of organizations that we tend to not include in these conversations on reparations because of language or because of geographic mm -hmm. distance you know so it was really an, an honor to work so closely with the in english it's we want bonaire back foundation and and movement and it's you know spearheaded through the efforts of, of one of our comrades james phineas who is like freedom fighter freedom fighter, freedom fighter, whether it required standing in the front of, you know, the uh, Dutch government's facilities for, you know, over 150 days in order to make things done right for people of African and indigenous ancestry in their respective nation of Bonaire, if it required uh, to get the United Nations to hear the call, the voice, the need the action of people again of African indigenous ancestry in the these regions that are currently under a very peculiar kind of colonial domination from the Netherlands or Dutch um, and to see the connections that what was happening in Bonaire has with San Andreas you know some of our brothers and sisters were there they came with one of the largest delegations um, from San Andreas, and for those that aren't familiar with San Andreas, we're speaking of an African populated com nation community right outside of Nicaragua that is a colony of Colombia, over 500 miles away from Colombia. 
right? So they had representations of the Raisal people that were there and brothers and sisters from Cayenne uh, in Guyana, French Guyana more specifically, um, they came with a delegation and presentations, you know, representatives from Ahuba as well as Curacao, you know, the neighboring um, island nations of to Bonaire, representatives from St. Eustatia, you know, very powerful um, leaders that not only have worked in governance, but have also felt the vestiges of being in governance, demanding reparatory justice and reparations for the people in their respective nations. And again, most of us don't know much about it because we don't speak Dutch fluently. Mm. We don't speak Papiamento fluently. We're not engaging with our brothers and sisters in Brazil um, in Portuguese fluently, much less, you know, many of us are comfortable with Spanish, French, English to a point, but then we have to start to incorporate, you know, the Creole, the Papiamento, that because that's the those are the languages that our our African indigenous brothers and sisters are speaking, and so it's forcing our hand, you know, to to get to that level. You know, of course, we had representation at this fourth international conference, you know, with brothers and sisters from the Virgin Islands as well. You know, we had representation from Puerto Rico, and it, what was tight was that there were brothers and sisters coming from a variety of different island nation states, you know, um, representatives that have served as advisors, consultants with the United Nations and other international bodies um, in the form of a brother that has worked in five different administrations, governmental administrations here in the Virgin Islands, and it's considered one of the um, top, not just scholars, I want to make sure I highlight that, but one that is very humble yet very knowledgeable as a statesman, as a diplomat, and that's Dr. Carlisle Corbin. You know, I mean, it was like a number of different layers. There were youth that were involved in these activities, so it was wonderful to have youth organizers, revolutionary freedom-fighting organizers that were comfortable coming from a variety of different organizations, whether it included the Central American Black organizations or others. So it was a very full few days, and we worked. So while people did get the opportunity to see the beauty and learn about the, you know, national product and economy and culture and heritage of Bonaire, we were very much so welcomed by the organizations there in Bonaire that were all about reparations, self-determination, and our liberation and freedom. So if you may have any other questions, I mean, because there's, there's some documents I do plan to make available to you and your listeners because they have made public, you know, like press statements that are available. And they're, those I have in English as well as mm-hmm. uh, Dutch and Papinental. Yeah, I actually saw a, um, I, I don't know what it was called, but it was like a, uh, <clears throat> um, outcome statement, you know, that a lot of times mm. conventions come up with where which gives, you know, some of the challenges and then references what are what are what are some of the solutions that the people that gather see as the solutions. So yeah, I did uh see that document online. Yes. Mm-hmm. What what I wanted to do is um well what first thing I just wanted to get is the brother that you said was in front of the Dutch government building for hundred and fifty <laughs> days. We need to know that uh, <laughs> what is his name again? James Phineas, F-I-N-I-E-S. It was actually 200 okay. and something days. So I, I wow. there's an actual sign that I need to send that's a picture okay. of him in front of the building. And then there's this other um, banner where they document. It was like, I don't want to misquote the numbers. So I'm kind of okay. like fishing to see if I can find the picture. But it was no like problem. over no 200 problem. days where he... Stayed and literally had his vehicle parked in one area yeah. every morning. Had his coffee, cocoa tea, and so stood yeah. in front and stayed there. Well, you know, and, so and, yeah, and, and I was, mm-hmm. serious, serious, serious. Yeah, because I, I was thinking about you know Miss Britta Thunberg that's got all of the publicity that she's been getting, and, and we are proud of you know the work that she's doing in terms of shining light on you know environmental climate change. However, we do have. Mm-hmm. To also lift up our heroes and shields that also have taken a personal commitment to 
uh, make a mm-hmm. stand on a particular issue. So uh, thank you for sharing mm-hmm. that story. Now, mm-hmm. <clears throat> this conference, uh, from what I gathered, is was focusing on countries that are still under colonial control, um, right. and so for most of us as Af- for most of us in the United States, okay, we know what that looks like in terms of Puerto Rico. We know what that looks like in terms of the Virgin Islands, but there was mm-hmm. a lot of other islands that you named. So I thought yes. you would just maybe talk about them a little bit, and but particularly Balnaire, because you did talk about St. Andreas already. But mm-hmm, in terms of mm-hmm. Balnaire, people may not know where that's located and, you know, what's the mm-hmm. situation with that and as well, the, the, the islands where the convention was held. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Balnaire is very south, what we say south of south in the Caribbean. And Bonaire is part of what people used to refer to as the Dutch Antilles. So it's Bonaire, Curacao, and Aruba. And they're very close to South America. They're actually, you know, in areas, if you follow the Caribbean chain, then you would, you know, and I always encourage our sisters and brothers, the same way that we memorize, you know, the, the capitals and the gross national product of each state, it's very important to know all of the Americas and to be very comfortable mm-hmm. in, in, in being familiar with the entire Americas. So um, for those that um, may not be very close to South America, as a matter of fact, there's a lot of exchange and engagement with um, Colombia, as well as Venezuela, as well as Guyana, because Bonaire is, you know, is an island that sits right uh, north of South America. Um, and is actually south, uh, southwest of St. Vincent and the Grenadine Islands. So it's, um, you know, um, just, just to give person that, that perspective, it's actually somewhat parallel to uh, Barbados, um, a little slightly north of Grenada and Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. so um, we try to encourage brothers and sisters to remember and that's why even when we talk about their work there we do spend a significant amount of time you know highlighting the fact that um, this has always been about reuniting our brothers and sisters in the region and to Mm -hmm. strengthen our solidarity because there's a lot of that missing because brothers and sisters may not know for example in in St. Eustatio which um, People will hear things like 10, 10, 10, and they're referencing a very significant transformation in the Dutch Isles, the, the former colonies of the Netherlands, let's be very specific. So that includes the Dutch portion of the island of St. Martin. You know, people tend to be familiarized with just St. Martin and need to understand that St. Martin is half French. Mm. That's just one people, though, one group of African indigenous people that have been marginalized and colonized and exposed to different forms of of oppression, right, based on this colonial model. However, there's more affluence within the Dutch side than there is in the French side. So let's remember where that's coming from. So you have that same kind of dichotomy. And on October 10th, 2010, there were significant changes by the sovereign Netherlands Dutch government to control the independence, the self-determination, the liberation efforts, and definitely to be a distraction from reparatory justice and reparations for the people in those, in those countries. And so where you had some, a formal colony, then some of them became protectorates within and they were literally absorbed into the Netherlands as in terms of governance. The difference is that while Brunner was absorbed, while St. Eustatia was absorbed, um, while um, St. Martin absorbed in many respects, um, there was a, a more autonomous type of relationship for Aruba and Curacao. And people need to just be clear on this. People need to know that even in South America, Suriname is part of this as well, because that's a former Dutch-governed part of South America. Persons that are very clear and comfortable with the history and the purpose of reparatory justice and reparations 
are clear on exactly what the monetary figures are, what the damages were that were done, and why it's imperative for there to be reparations for all of these African and indigenous populated areas, like now, not even, it's not like we need to go through another 20 or 30 year research and justification and explanation of anything, because we can see the kind of evil that's being implemented and the injustices being done to our brothers and sisters in these regions as we speak, as we speak. You know, there should not be an American owned entity that is reaping from the benefits of the labor and legacy of the ancestral African indigenous people of these regions. So that was part of the conversations that were happening in this symposium. You know, brothers and sisters presented reality checks for all of us. And what was beautiful is that we did not allow language to be the barrier. So where some people were more comfortable speaking in popular mental, we had persons translating into English, um, French, Spanish, and even Dutch. For those that did not know how to make the translations in other areas, those persons that spoke in, in uh, French, we had translators that were able to, so the layers of communication were very, very exceptional. And, I, and I'm very thankful for the hospitality and the graciousness given to our, you know, all of the delegates while we were in Bonaire. It was exceptional. It was really exceptional. And another example of how grassroots organizing and responsible freedom fighters that may have spaces and places in government, right, can work together, you know. And even we even have some examples of um, what I call the provocateurs, the, the crazy people that tried to, you know, we were doing activities that were in-house, you know, uh, closed sessions, and then we did sessions in the community. And that's what really, you know, it was like being at African Liberation Day in December, because it was brothers and sisters sharing solidarity messages, giving us reports of what's happening, you know, what has transpired since 10-10-10 or significant other efforts, particularly around the theme of reparations, what's being done, what is the status of various lawsuits, which government, which government representatives were actually removed from office because of their work around reparatory justice and reparations. Like this thing that went on in St. Eustatia, and I have to extend my uh, regards to one of the one of our comrades, Brother Charles Woodman, for just bringing up that information and giving us data, like clear, unadulterated data. So, you know, I... I get excited when I start to speak about our brothers and sisters in these regions, and I'm looking forward to having a more global conversation in the future on these themes. Yeah, I, I was um, just thinking, and I said, well, I don't want to forget to put this in, so let me just do it now while I'm thinking about it, which is, you know, coming out of um, Durban, and um, I'm not sure if you acted with this or not. With, you know, there was a global African Congress, and mm -hmm. um, uh, and I guess that's so for for World Conference Against Racism that was held in Durban, mm -hmm. South Africa, 2001, where uh, slavery was declared a crime against humanity and reparations as a solution was um, came out of the final document, and which is a historical landmark for our people. And in addition to that, though, after that conference. Um, People of the diaspora came together and, and met as as the Global African Congress, and I know that uh, our dear sister, who's now known as a Queen Mother, Dorothy Ben Lewis, was very active with that, as well as other members of the COBRA, and she was, mm -hmm. I think, appointed the, the 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 chair of the North America region, or maybe just the United States. Um, and so, you know, again, the COBRA has always um, been involved. We've have other leaders of the COBRA that's gone down to uh, Martinique. To, to support the reparations, uh, uh, I don't know what you call it, pilgrimage that they do in Martinique. And um, and so, you know, there's been a constant um, working relationship between 
as well mm-hmm. as we have, you know, uh, Esther Stanford, we, we have a good rapport with in, in, in London. And so and we Beautiful. have chapters in, 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 um, in Ghana at one point. We had chapters of the mm-hmm. Cobra in Ghana. And so, yeah, I just wanted to make sure I, I, I put that in. That, no, that's uh, important. You know, that's very valuable. Has, Thank you. You know, being involved in these uh, diaspora conversations around reparations. I'm not sure what the status of the Global African Congress is now for understanding. They were meeting every two years, but I think they've kind of dwindled down. I'm not sure. I'll have to do some more research on that. But anyway, um, yeah, so thank you for sharing that. So I guess, you know, we have to, let's see, we got a couple more minutes. Um, we do a station ID at the uh, half mm-hmm. hour mark. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm being respectful of the time. Yes, yes. No, I'm just figuring out should I ask you a question or not because then that might take us over. over. <laughs> okay, well, no, we can so, pause for uh, a second, but I, did, I just wanted to um, share a, a short piece when you were making the comment about Martinique because, again, you know, one of the elders there um, who had been a mayor in one of their significant, you know, very revolutionary towns, um, Brother mm-hmm. uh, Marisol, you know, has been um, in the forefront along with several other brothers and sisters that have worked, in, you know, under his um, tutelage, leadership, guidance, and those that are just coming up that are, you know, what I say, millennials beyond millennials that are actually doing freedom fighting work and doing it respectfully uh, to keep the French-speaking aspects of our African indigenous communities, you know, at the forefront of this reparations piece. You know, they, they have remained very instrumental in the various programs that are done from the grassroots organizations, of which there are many, and around independence, around self-determination, around reparations, and, you know, uh, and many other um, efforts. And they work closely with CARICOM. So there are some opportunities for us to see that and COBRA as well as, you know, the Global African Congress, the All African People's Revolutionary Party, the Universal Negro Movement Association, African Communities League, the Central American Black Organizations, and many others, you know, um, the Caribbean Pan-African Network, uh, the Foundation for International um, Works and Efforts Against uh, for Humanity, et cetera. So there's a number of organizations that I'm translating some of them from other languages so that we can just know this is a very important issue, this piece on the reparations and how that is materialized is very, very important throughout this region, irrespective of, you know, what people know about the CARICOM Reparations Commission or the organizations that are, you know, working on addressing the needs and desires of persons that have been victims of crimes against humanity and more. Yes, yes, yes. We um, have in, in COBRA, we have what we have, what we call different commissions, and the different commissions uh, focus on different aspects of the reparations movement. And so we have an international commission. Like I said, at one, like I said, at one point, Queen Mother Dorothy was the female co-chair of the of the mm-hmm. Cobra International Affairs Commission, but I also just wanted to remember since I'm putting this stuff in, so um, is that Brother Morgan Moss, who is the male co-chair, current male co-chair of the Cobra Commission, has been doing a lot of work with the Herero people in Namibia. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. actually hosted a couple of their leaders at one of our conventions a few years ago, and we still Excellent. stay um, connected with them as well. So, yeah, so, yeah, international work continues. There's much more to be done. So I think we're right at that time where we can take that station ID break, brother. Hi, the Black Talk Media Project would like to invite you to become a member of the BTR Community subscription-based social media platform. BTR Community is a platform that was set up for the listening audience of Black Talk Radio Network, the number one independent black radio network online. For just $24 per year, your subscription gives you access to an interactive space to share information with like-minded people with your privacy guaranteed. 
Your subscription will go a long way to help us maintain and improve our current media platforms. It will also help provide a budget so that we can begin the task of establishing localized media centers and radio stations across the United States. The best way to show your support and appreciation for what we do here at Black Talk Radio is to subscribe. Help us to help you be informed. Join btrcommunity.com today. Make Black Talk Radio your choice for digital black radio. New black media for the new millennium. All right, we're back with conversation reparations. We've been having a conversation, a conversation with Dr. Chin, uh, who's based in St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands, who's done a lot of work around uh, reparation solidarity throughout the Caribbean and Central and South America. And so we're just getting an a update from a recent convention that was held in Bonaire. For those people that are familiar, that's one of the areas that's still under colonial control, as well as other representatives from other similar situated islands like Puerto Rico, Virgin Islands, St. Andreas, and others all attended that conference and I think it's important that, that in that conference they had type, they had part of the title self determination. Is that yeah. you know, I think speaks to the fact that there's a conversation around, you know, part of reparations also deals with, you know, independence and self governance. And so um that was I'm sure obviously a part of the conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because part of what should what was really intended Whenever they've gathered for these uh, international conferences on reparation, self-determination, independence, liberation, has been you know the focus has been that um, the brothers and sisters in Bonaire are have reached out to use them as working sessions. So yes, persons come and yes, they present you know whether it's PowerPoint, Prezi, and you know hard copy resources. Um, film, a lot of audio, but the intention is to be able to leave from these convenings with an actual communique that allows us Mm -hmm. to move forward when we return to our respective countries, right, or regions, and to ensure that what we're doing is connected to those international bodies. So while some entities do a lot of work with the United Nations, you know, inclusive of what Per-Ank does, as a, you know, with our special, we utilize our special consultative status within UNESCO to be able to serve as a way for us to get that international engagement of the things that we're doing on this level, inclusive of our work around preparatory justice and reparation and the other elements of our, you know, the restoration of our ancestral African sovereignty in contemporary times. So it gives us an opportunity to be able to also highlight, you know, what's transpiring, you know, right here in the Virgin Islands, where the Virgin Islands more correctly known as the Virgin Islands of the United States. It's more like Virgin, it's more like VI us, not just US them. You understand? Mm -hmm. So we we really work very hard again, that power, that self-definition, that power of self-determination shifts the mindset of persons that are very comfortable in this colonial status that feels comfortable and normal when it's not normal and it should not be making us comfortable because it impedes on our ancestral sovereignty and our human rights, etc. So at this particular fourth symposium, the communique, which I'll, I'm really sure that I'm, I'm, email, I will, I'm emailing it to you now so that you can just have that for your review. Um, during the gathering, which was officially, you know, some persons came a little earlier than the 5th of December and some left a little later than the 7th of December. However, the intention was to address some of the political status affairs that are impacting the near Senustatia, what people just call Stacia, uh, more Senustatia uh, and Seba. And these are some of the entities that were denied their sovereignty, they were denied their self-determination in this transformation 
in October 2010. And they have been removed from international lists as colonies because they've been absorbed. And the people do not want to be absorbed. So there's a significant work being done to restore their political and economic equality in that regard. There's been a lot of decisions made by the Kingdom of the Netherlands that have completely illegally dissolved the respective councils that were established in these colonies. I want to explain what that means. I want to read this directly for the statement. Alarmed, and I'm quoting, that the Kingdom of the Netherlands took the unilateral decision on the 7th of February of 2018 to dismiss the democratically elected government of Station and to authorize the kingdom to dissolve the island council, remove the island commissioners, and to institute direct rule via an administrator who governs by decree, end quote, of the Netherlands kingdom. I want persons to understand. So the Dutch came in, met a democratically elected governing body predominantly African and indigenous people in an island nation and completely dissolved their leadership. Mm -hmm. I just want persons to understand, and this is 2018, so there's a mm -hmm. lot, and again, and they did this at a time to be able to control the significant amount of resources. I want to make sure I make this clear. This is like a current repair, reparation Mm -hmm. This is not just enslavement reparations. This is reparations for something that they stole and keep all the people money them in 2018. Mm -hmm. Right? So very, very kind of different, but again, shows the continuum of the colonial model and this colonizing mindset that has been raping the region. Yeah? And so the communicate continues with making very clear assessments of self-governance, uh, the efficient form of governance essential, financial supervision and other forms of, of political, social, cultural, and economic development in these particular areas, showing the relationship it has to the military, to law enforcement, etc., showing the connections that it has to jurisprudence that, and law that are not always implemented in the best interest of the colonized by the colonizer, right? And then it was very powerful to see that uh, there were several other entities, not only Dutch colonized spaces, but British colonized spaces, yeah, that were impacted, you know, by these, quote, non-self-governing territory status pieces, inclusive of the Virgin Islands of the U.S., you know, and included, you know, Guadeloupe, Martinique, Guiana, the French colony, um, what people refer to as the archipelago of San Andreas or Providence and Santa Catalina, uh, the French administered collectors of St. Martin and St. Bart's, and, uh, inclusive of uh, Bermuda, Turks, Caicos, Islands, Cayman Islands, Montserrat, British Virgin Islands, and Anguilla. So you can see that these are names that most of us are familiar with that are going through a very serious type of um, warfare on their sovereignty. And, the, and it's all about the resources. It's all about the land. When you have people that have been land rich and forced into economic impoverishment institutionally, and intentionally, even down to when you find that the people can all speak Dutch, then you're going to turn it and say they need to speak English. When you find that they start to get proficient in speaking English, then you want to turn it back and say that, well, now they've got to, the children have to change all of that and go back into speaking and being taught in Dutch. In the 21st century, I want persons to understand that, and it's only in spaces and places like the mayor, as well as on the rural, um, in a certain instance in, in St. Martin, as well as in Kyrgyzstan, that there's more respect for the more African indigenous language of Papiamento, where that is the language that people are, have made their publications, their literacy programs 
centralize them around, you know, to at least restore some aspect of their self-determination, at least in culture and language, yeah? And so again, you know, and Puerto Rico gets mixed in this because of two, you know, in a similar circumstance with the Virgin Islands, U.S., similar circumstance like Bob, American Samoa, et cetera. And this particular communique went as far as to outline that taking into account all these different inequities and violations of human rights and, and institutional racism par excellence um, being instituted by these you, the usual entities, whether it's Britain, France, Spain, the Netherlands, America, etc. You know that there were demands regarding moving forward. When we speak of San Andreas, there's an entire Chrysal statute that has been presented to the government of Colombia. And most people don't realize that Colombia has its own little colonizing history too, until you hear from the Chrysal nation, and they are very clear on what has transpired in that region. So the Chrysal statute that was given to Colombia was very direct on modernizing the political and socioeconomic relationship that the Chrysal people had with the state of Colombia, and that they want to they want their self-determination. Their whole affirmation and aspirations are about their self-determination and the reparatory justice that is due them because their land has been stripped from them. Their educational institutions have been stripped from them. Their ancestral legacy and historical presence in all of their constitutional documents and the protections they're in have been stripped from them. And they have decreed and demanded it be restored, right? And I found it peculiar. Why would you want to control islands 500 plus miles away that are right next to Nicaragua? I mean, you know, little things like that. And so it was excellent to hear from sister, you know, elders. You know, elders Corrine Duffus um, is one of the, you know, freedom fighters and forerunners that was there with a very powerful delegation and several young people, young students, um, uh, scholars, uh, workers on the ground, you know, that have actually established their own network of how to restore their sovereignty in, in, in San Andres, in that region. So I, I think it's important that when we talk about reparatory justice and we talk about reparations and self-determination, that we keep our sisters and brothers in these wider spheres inclusive in that conversation. It really would help us significantly. Yes, we got to do that. Yeah. You know, I, was, yeah, so, I mean, okay. in, go no, go ahead, brother. No, no, because there's like a lot. There, you know, there's part of, part of what is really was very successful in putting together this particular conference, you know, I, I would be very remiss if I, if I overlooked just some of the brothers and sisters that were really, you know, um, Sister Queen, Mother Davika, they call her Vicky, and you know me, I'm really clear on Sister Queen, Mother um, Davika Bisiata. So she was, you know, her foundation along with the support of her family, you know, her husband and her family, they were very instrumental in facilitating and making sure that all of us were able to get there and be secure in our, because again, you know, it's one thing to be talking in a private setting. It's another thing to be in, in the main Wilhelmina Park in Bonaire in the evening and speaking these types of things of self-determination and reparations in a public setting in the middle of their major um, uh, um, plaza area, you know. Um, and I must say that the authorities were very, definitely very kind to those of us that were speaking and visiting, etc. We even had a situation where a, um, one of the colonizers sent one of our own to create imbalance. And he was very summarily silenced and removed from the area because you could see that he came 
to try to create a situation that would have broken up, you know, the presentations that we were offering to the wider community, you know, because every delegate was from every respective nation, colony, et cetera, was able to share a concise report of, you know, where we're from, what the reparations and self-determination efforts are in our respective areas, and why we're here to show solidarity with the brothers and sisters um, in Bonaire, and that we need to continue this solidarity moving it forward, and what types of corrective actions can be put in place. So it was excellent to hear about what each respective delegation has been doing legally, because there's a number of lawsuits that have been filed, um, and many of them are still in process. Not all of them have been unsuccessful, as many people may think. You know, there's been a number of connections to the wider reparations sphere within CARICOM, the Caribbean community, that bring together primarily some of the Anglophone, the English-speaking former colonies that are now, and I put independent in quotation marks, because there's a lot of conversations that have come up, because there's also entities that have observer status. You know, it was excellent to have representatives from various governments, standing governments, standing sovereign governments, that showed support for reparations. You know, and of Mm -hmm. course there were the references to different successes that have been made by Dr. Hillary Beckles and others Mm -hmm. within, you know, with attachments to the CARICOM Reparations Commission, of course, Mm -hmm. to representatives of Mancobra and other, you know, the International Black World and All African People's Revolutionary Party, the Global African Congress, and others that are doing work around reparations in particular. Um, the Caribbean Pan-African Network has been central to many of that pulling together as well, along with the Emancipation Support Group of Trinidad and Tobago, which has been really centripetal because many of the elders that are attached to those organizations were some of the elders that were present for the same World Congress Against Racism that you referenced in South Africa, you know, in the early part of the 21st century. And as we're in the sixth year or the opening of the sixth year of the international decade for people of African descent, while it's the United Nations designated decade, its existence and its thrust and its success is grounded on the grassroots efforts and organizing work and freedom fighting work of many African and indigenous people around the globe. So this gives us even more impetus to keep promoting recognition, justice, and development for people of African descent everywhere that we are and to make sure that this reparations thread is centripetal to all of that because at the end of the day, the repair for the damage is done to our ancestors and the repair to the damage is being done to us as we speak, walk, live, breathe now mm-hmm. is is imperative. It's it's we, This isn't a question or a request it's not mm-hmm. it's just like a it's like a bequeath it's like it's just given this is not just an inheritance this is what's earned has been earned you know on the on on the backs and the sweat and the spirit and the, and the labor the unjust enrichment of these respective entities you know they're doing it through you know some educational institutions are doing this you know few million pounds here and hundreds of thousands you know, of dollars or millions here and there. However, institutionally and where it's resource-driven, that's what time it is in terms of, of bringing this forward. You know, we're not speaking of that reparations of the 19th to 20th century where it's a lot of this back and forth and back and forth and you apologize and we listen and you apologize. Mm. It's a very different, very direct, very revolutionary. It's not going to be like a, we have to wait for generation upon generation for you to decide to deflect. No, it needs to happen like, no, today. So we're really looking for, you know, that was something that was really central to the conversation that came out of our um, gathering. And I'm very thankful because one of the p 
pieces that was also shared that was amazing was just to know that there were representatives, you know, there was correspondence that had been exchanged with the CARICOM secretariat ongoing, you know, throughout the years. And everything that's happening, that most of the things that I've shared this evening, and I, I'm definitely leaving out significant portions because the uh, communique is a pretty extensive one. And I feel it's very important that sisters and brothers, especially those that are interested in, in reading it in its entirety, you know, they can reach directly to you or they can send an email to um, peranka at me, P-E-R-A-N-K-H at me.com, and I can send them a copy as well, you know, so that they can read it. It's important to read it for yourself. Yeah, I was thinking about we should probably post that on our website as well. Okay, then that would be yeah, because you're, you're it's coming to you. I I, I want to focus on what I'm sharing, and I I don't want to um, lose the thread of my thoughts, but I just know that it's important for persons to see and get a better mm -hmm. feel, so that they can you know. And again, keeping in mind that what you're reading has been a translated document as well, because mm -hmm. it's been through the Spanish, the French, the Dutch, the Papua Mento, as well as English. You know, because we definitely desired for, and what was powerful was to have each team of delegates from their respective aisle nation spaces to be inclusive, and that we did not allow water or land to be, or language to be the, or complexion. Make sure I have to bring that up too, because, you know, people are real quick to get into the complexion piece and who looked. Mm -hmm. light and who you know the colorism piece and we didn't allow that to be a deterrent in any of the efforts for any of the conversations that were being shared you know and that that's what really made the conversation the conversation on reparations really enriching because while we may think that we need to highlight a particular idea or concept what we witnessed is that a number of our brothers and sisters, you know, they're being detained and pulled up and land stripped. I mean, what happened in St. Martin on the French side is very serious. When persons that were subjected to devastation from hurricanes Irma Maria in 2017, their properties have been left damaged and, you know, breeding vermin and all kinds of stupidness so that the French government can claim that they're just going to move these people and not provide them with any form of compensation for their land that they own. And mm. people just didn't, you know, so people were like, well, why, why are the young people burning their own community? Persons didn't understand what was going on, that this was not just a, a reaction or some type of anarchy. It's that people were being removed it was deeper than gentrification it was like what's happening in occupied palestine as we speak that the you know, israelis are just coming and just bulldozing people's homes and making them move and these are things you know we're, we're seeing it from a distance but we're forgetting that this could be in our given community wherever we reside at any mm -hmm. time because the same mm -hmm. forces exist so, you know, when we speak of reparations, we're speaking of reparations in a, in a tri, I call it like a tri-cultural space because we're speaking of reparations in terms of the resources, the dollars, the funding, yeah. But we're also speaking of reparations in terms of the environmental damages that have been done to mm -hmm. the same land that was stripped. So that even when the land is returned, that it's been stripped of its mineral riches, it has been scorched by untold devastation, and then persons are, are, are expected to still sustain some credibility or some sense of humanity, and it's very difficult. It's very traumatic. And then we're speaking of the reparations of the trauma that has impacted us psychologically and sociologically and spiritually, which is very deep. And uh, it's so deep that we will war with one another as ancestral, sovereign, African, indigenous people before we 
go to war against the true enemy. So there's like, a, you know, you can see where I was mm -hmm. going and I know our time is limited. So I, I really just want to give thanks for you giving us an yeah. opportunity to share about the fourth international symposium conference on the political future, the right to self-determination and reparations in the Caribbean that was hosted by the exceptional team um, and organizers and freedom fighters of We Want Bonaire Back um, under the presidency of Brother James Phineas and with the support of just wonderful foundation work of Sister Queen Mother Davika Bissia Shaw and her family and the community in Bonaire. I want to give a special shout out to the brothers and sisters in Rincon, which is where the culture and our ancestral legacy is very strong. You know, mm -hmm. um, and I just want to thank you, my brother, my comrade, for just being open to having us share this conversation on your broadcast this evening. I look forward to more time. Sure. We'll have to um, bring you back on and do a part two and talk more about, you know, some of the work that's being done in the okay. VIUS. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I actually had a couple quick questions. I want to see if we can still okay, get cool. in. Um, one is you, you mentioned about the Netherlands, like this, um, I don't remember the word you used, deposing the, the, uh, the democratic elected government. Like I was wondering how was that done? Did they have military forces that came in or Absolutely. How, how was that done? Okay. okay. Um, where, who I would really love to encourage us to, um, be part of this conversation would be mm -hmm. the brother who was part of that leadership, that democratically elected leadership. His, he was one of the, um, and you know, one of the representatives that was removed. And okay. yes, it was with military um, okay. intervention. And yes, it was mm -hmm. at the cost of, you know, I mean, you're talking about interfering with people's livelihoods. You're talking about putting people, they have a, a very active lawsuit in place now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people don't like to talk about that because, you know, Stacia is a small okay. island, predominantly mm -hmm. people of African ancestry. And again, mm -hmm. fear is serious. You know, the military mm -hmm. has a way of making everybody be terrorized. And the sure. trauma is, is, un, is just horrific. So you have persons that try to acquiesce in the interest of mm -hmm. utilizing the legal process. But there is a space called knowing the facts. If you go on Facebook, there's a set of videos that are part of the knowing the facts um, page. And it'll sh and you'll hear it directly from their mouth of exactly what happened in 2018, what led up to it, and what transpired in September of 2018. And what it was done was illegal. It was clearly illegal. It was a violation mm -hmm. of the human rights of the people of Seychelles. And mm -hmm. many people didn't know because how many people's busy speaking Dutch, Papi Mental, and how many people even know where Seychelles is? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and, that, and that actually goes to the next question I had, which was you keep mentioning Pacamento. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. Papiamento. Yes, that okay. is the uh, that is the indigenous African blend language. It's a, a so it's a like a patois sort of like uh, Dutch and African. No, oops, sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna because patois tends to be blended. And many okay. people like to use words like dialect or colloquial language, but however, papiamento is a viable language that does come from the African indigenous okay. experience. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm looking right. forward to the next time because we'll spend we'll spend time on speaking on those things as well and showing that connection to reparations because we know what we know what we deserve and we know what we need. So that's why we don't apologize at any point, you know, for that. And one of the things that I would ask is that the urgency of what transpired in this particular conference was shared, and it was excellent to see this collectiveness, this cooperativeness, this mm -hmm. respected every delegate present 
even if we differed in form and even if we differed in certain techniques of how we would get to that end piece, mm -hmm. it, was all, it was all about being united, principally liberated in our consciousness and moving forward for the struggle of our people for our complete, not partial, but for our complete reparatory justice, reparations, and our freedom in all ways. So it was excellent, excellent. And I'm looking forward, and I know next year, brothers and sisters, that details are provided to us. I, it would be powerful to have brothers and sisters come and share in the experience. It's an excellent opportunity for us to show our solidarity and the vision and the spirit that's required for us to truly achieve and receive all that is due to us as ancestral sovereign people. Yes, very good. So, yeah, we will pass that information on to uh, the International Affairs Commission and to the board as well. And, you know, I was thinking a lot of times people say, well, you know, what came out of this conference? You're a lot of talk, talk. But <clears throat> from what I hear, a lot did come out of it, and specifically there is a communique that, that, that outlines some very specific reparations demands. And like I said, it is, it's detailed and it's thorough. And so for people who feel like, you know, want to know what actually was the result or what, what benefit did this have for our people, you can check out the communique, which we'll work to post onto our website, uh, or people can contact me directly, and we will forward it out. Uh, any last words or comments, Dr. Chin? Well, I would like to just say, Asante Duo and Chela, for your willingness to share this time with us, to be able to offer this work. And we're excited to be able to have our sisters and brothers that are listening and those that may hear this as a podcast later at their leisure mm -hmm. and to just know that reparation is now. It's not okay. something that we've got to wait for and we're, we're decreeing it. We're not declaring. We're not even demanding. It's a decree. It already mm -hmm. is. You know, mm -hmm. so we just really are restoring Ma'at and pushing for our ancestral sovereignty right now. Right now. You know, so give thanks much more. Okay. And and if you would like to give you contact information for how people can connect oh, with you. Oh for sure. Oh for sure. Brothers and sisters the the easiest way to link with us is to look for Per Ankh Comniversity on Facebook. Um P E R A N K H and you'll see Comniversity, and you'll see um, my beloved king, Musu Nepkara, Hedi Shepapahadu, and myself. And you can network to us in a variety of ways. You can also email us at perankh, P-E-R-A-N-K-H, at me.com or perankh at gmail.com. If you have things that are specific to ancestral sovereignty, however, then you can send that to S-M-A-I-T-A-W-I at gmail. That's S-M-A-I-T-A-W-I at gmail.com. And persons that want to do any kind of like academic engagement research work and, you know, beyond some of the other conversations, then they can reach me at the University of the Virgin Islands at the Virgin Islands Caribbean Cultural Center at 340-692-4272. Or they can email me directly there at V-I-Triple-C, that's V-I-C-C-C, at L-I-V-E dot U-V-I dot E-D-U. And if all else fails, just reach out to my beloved brother and he will, you know, I know brother, it will definitely make sure that you link with me at any other time. It's been an honor. It's been an honor. Really Give time. We, we, Give we time. thank you for the wealth of knowledge and your, your commitment to um, working in solidarity with our brothers and sisters um, in this reparation is a restorative justice movement, reparatory justice movement. Mm -hmm. And you are, yes, I consider, one of the shining lights in this work. Mm -hmm. And yes. you have been listening to Conversation Reparations. Uh, your co-host, Brother Jumoke Isetayo, Southeast Regional Representative of Encobra. You can find out more information about Encobra at our website, Encobra Online. That's N-C-O-B-R-A, Encobra Online. 
www.reparationsfoundation.org. You can reach out to me directly at reparationsj at gmail.com. That's reparationsj at gmail.com. And my phone number is 678-437-7882. Again, that's 678-437-7882. And um, a, a great strong way to bring in the Gregorian calendar new year. All right. Thank you, Dr. Chimzera. Most welcome, my brother. Stay well. Much more respect. Forward. Okay. We won't renounce the debt. America bounced the check. And no, it ain't all about the dough. But my people still pull reparations to So just give me what you owe. No, we won't renounce the debt. America bounced the check.